Hey everyone, and welcome to the South Carolina Grower Exchange Podcast. Every week, agents, specialists, and growers from around the state chat about what's happening in the field and discuss the latest crop weather, insect, disease, and weed issues, as well as timely reminders and information related to fruit and vegetable production in South Carolina. Remember, you can read weekly field updates and register for upcoming events by visiting the SC Grower blog at scgrower.com. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for our last um, South Carolina Grower Exchange episode of 2023. Uh, We'll return after the new year with crop updates and all of that, but um, we're gonna we're gonna take a little break through the holidays. Um, so today we've just got a little little brief update from a couple different areas. Um, make sure you go to um, South Carolina Grower and check out um, the written report for today. I know that we've got several updates from out in the field from other areas of the state besides what we've got here with us today. So make sure to check them on that as well. Um, As far as what's happening around my area of kind of Edgefield, Aiken County, we've had kind of fluctuating temperatures from a really cold, uh, very much below freezing temperatures for several nights last week. And now we're back in the mid seventies. We got a little bit of rain, but honestly it was pretty hit and miss over the weekend. Um, so now it's just kind of muggy, um, got a little moisture back in the air, but still not a ton of rain to speak of. I know up around kind of McCormick County, they've got some hit and miss showers and got a little more in their rain gauges than we did, but, uh, still a little dry in parts of Aiken County, to be honest. We're still field prepping for our peach plantings. Um, a lot of growers do what we call, um, planting on a berm that helps out with uh, our malaria root rot, which is a bad problem that we have in this area. Um, So a lot of growers are doing that in the field right now and getting prepped. Um, Strawberries are looking good. Definitely keeping an eye on um, some of those fields that have been covered already under those covers with these warmer temperatures, keeping an eye out for spider mites um, and anything else that might be going on under those covers. Um, seeing a lot of cabbage aphids still. Um, I don't know if anybody else is seeing that still in their parts of the state, but, um, and mainly on farms that are not actively spraying, um, so low or no spray farms, but, um, seeing those populations kind of pop up here and there, I guess the warm temperatures are kind of making those flare up, but um, I haven't seen them in years past as much as I'm seeing them this year, but uh, Rob, what's happening in your area of the Good state morning, this Sarah. week? Good morning, Sarah. Yes, we had a cool, as you did, we had a couple of mornings uh, below freezing last week, so I'd expect to see a little bit of purpling in, bro- in brassicas related to reduced phosphorus uptake. No need to apply additional phosphorus at this point. Uh, there should be enough in the soil to, to recover. And as soon as temperatures start to recover, as they are doing right now, that purpling will, will certainly grow out. Strawberry crops are looking very good. Um, very little in the way of pest and disease activity in either strawberries or our, black, or, or our brassica crops. Um, 
little bit of rainfall, which basically wet the dust in the area. Um, so we're still looking very dry in our area of the Midlands, as, as you guys are too. So I think that's pretty much everything that I needed to cover, other than the fact that I know it's the holiday season, I know it's difficult to keep scouting, but it's really important to keep those those activities going. Monitoring pests and diseases uh, can really help with time, timely applications. Yeah, I feel like especially with these fluctuating temperatures that we seem to always get this time of year, that that's when you really need to be vigilant on keep an eye on what's going on in the field absolutely the warmer temperatures and any rainfall that we get can really spike insects or, or diseases really quickly can't they mm -hmm. um justin's also with us this morning do you have some updates to share with us hey sarah yeah um listening to you and rob talk about the couple of cold mornings this past week reminded me about our uh, cold tolerant citrus trial we have at Sandhill. Uh, so last week we did have two nights under freezing, um, the coldest of which was 27.9 degrees. Um, so now we have uh, four nights of freezing temperatures on those citrus trees and that 27.9 is the lowest that they've seen so far. Um, so that trial is underway and we will see how things turn out in the spring. We'll see if we have any still alive in the spring. Uh, also, uh, brassicas. Um, so you mentioned you're seeing a few aphids still. Um, we are coming up on one of the busiest marketing seasons of the year for brassicas. Um, so Christmas, New Year's, and then Thanksgiving are our biggest times. Uh, so we've got Christmas and New Year's coming up. Uh, so when selecting aphid materials, uh, if you have the need to, make sure you pay close attention to the pre-harvest interval. Uh, some of our imidacloprid products, which are super popular for aphid management, uh, they can have a pretty long PHI. Uh, Admire Pro, um, if we apply to the soil for the plants to take up, that's got a 21-day PHI. Um, if you apply to the foliage, it goes down to seven days. So be aware of that. Um, and if you're inside of seven days before harvest, uh, you might just want to select another material altogether. Um, something like Versus or Belief or Savanto Prime. Um, Savanto Prime is a one day PHI and the other two have a zero day. Um, something we need to be aware of for Caterpillar materials also most of our caterpillar materials um, have a zero or one day PHI, but Proclaim, very good material, but it's got a 14 day PHI. Uh, so as we get inside of two weeks to harvest, um, maybe select another one. That's a better early season material because of that long PHI. Uh, so just a couple things to be aware of there. Um, make sure to buy some local collards and turnip greens and support our local farmers. That's about it for me. All right. Thanks, Justin. All right. Well, I feel like it's only um, appropriate that we share some favorite holiday traditions. And uh, I think Justin has also a debate, probably just between me and him, it sounds like. But uh, what are what are y'all's favorite holiday traditions that you look forward to each year? 
Well, for us, Christmas looks a little bit different every year. We move around um, between my sister's house and my in-law's house and my grandparents. So that's all a little bit different. But the last several years, I guess my wife and I have made a tradition of taking some goofy uh, Christmas card photos. So a couple of years ago, we dressed the dogs up like reindeer. Uh, no, I've got that backwards. Kessler and I were the reindeer, and the dogs were Santa and an elf. And then last year, Ricky was the Grinch, and Thomas was, um, was his name Sam, the dog that the Grinch tied the antler to his head? Is that his name? I think so. Yeah, so that was Thomas as well. What I'm, I'm not a Grinch fanatic, so I'm not, but and that then, sounds right. Yeah, and this year, Ricky's going to be baby Jesus for our Christmas card. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. We, we did the, um, I mean, my husband and I have been married a long time now, but Back in the day when we first got married, it was like the cool thing to send picture Christmas cards. And we used to joke because at that point in time, our friends didn't have kids and they were just sending us pictures of themselves. And we always, no offense to anybody that does this, but we always thought it was kind of awkward because we were like, oh, look such and such sent us a picture of themselves and you're like what do you do with this card because it's just another couple and I always thought that was strange so we we also did the kind of like a joke Christmas card and we went to the thrift shop and got some really stellar Christmassy sweaters and like velour corduroy all the things and took these like 80s-esque glamour shot pictures and sent that out uh and then some of the friends thought that was funny some of them got that we were picking on them and then some of them thought that we were just like being serious and that was our legitimate holiday uh you know attire so it's always been like a running joke that nobody actually knew what we were trying to do but I'll have to find those pictures and share them because they were pretty good yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we should share that. That's that's good. <laughs> Rob, how about some of your well, uh, holiday traditions? We don't have the holiday traditions, but uh, what we tend to do is more of a New Year tradition. So on New Year's Eve, we'll write down hopes for the next year. Um, I'm obviously on a scrap of paper. Remember that. Burn it. And then put the ashes into a glass of champagne to drink um, when the clock strikes midnight to welcome in the oh, man. man. It's an old European tradition. I like that. What's, yeah, that's. Do you have a special name for that cocktail? I'm uh, not now, just in no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you should name that. Yeah. I'm sure we could come up with something. Yeah, we'll we'll think of some names and share that on the next podcast. 
Yeah, that's a good one. We don't, um, I feel like we uh, don't have anything crazy traditional that we do except for um, we cut our Christmas tree down out of the woods um, and I go back and forth about oh we need to go to a tree farm uh, when we lived in North Carolina we we had a local tree farm um, that we always went to and he had some trees in the back that he didn't shear um, they were in like a wet spot so they kind of started growing out of control and they were super tall and crazy looking um, and he would always let us go up there and cut our own tree crazy discounted um, and that was always fun so now we just go to the back 40 and saw down some pine trees and drag them home um, and they're always a little crazy looking but I enjoy going feeling like I'm having a fun old-fashioned Christmas sawing my own tree down um and Ophelia really gets a kick out of it and we can take Gus because you know our dog is a jerk and we cannot take him out in public so if we cut our own tree down from the woods we can have a whole family outing so that's kind of nice too <laughs> Gus needs a Grinch content costume if he's going to be uncivilized at least he can be uncivilized in the woods exactly he's an angel in the woods so if we took him out in public he might bite somebody and that wouldn't be any good so nah. Nah. Uh, all right justin had this um also y'all can think about this as you're listening to the podcast today is die hard a christmas movie I mean, it does take place during Christmas, and there are Christmas decorations in the in the building where the movie's going. It's a so, Christmas party. And it has a somewhat happy ending, I guess. <laughs> Good guy prevails. Is that a, does that make it a happy ending? I would rather watch Die Hard than Deck the Halls. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'll give it a point. Uh, I'll give it a point. So is that your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Um, maybe Christmas Vacation is my favorite Christmas movie. I always thought the, the Christmas tree scene was really funny where they go to pick out the Christmas tree and Russ tells his dad that tree is way too big for a front yard dad. And he said, it's not going in the front yard, Russ. It's going in the living room. <laughs> yeah uh my husband quotes that movie all the time all year round so I have to say when it comes time to actually watch the movie I'm like it kind of kills it for me because I hear it all year but I, I like it that's a classic yeah Muppet Christmas Carol is my <laughs> absolute favorite and my husband hates it but um I love A Muppet Christmas Carol. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched that. I might need to refresh myself. You should. It's it's good. It's so clever. I'll have to Rob. We were talking about this. Uh, yeah, my, as I mentioned, Sarah, my movie knowledge is pretty lacking. But yeah, certainly some of the Christmas movies, A Muppet's Christmas Carol is always very funny. 
yeah it's just it's a clever take on a on a classic story so I don't know well guys we hope that y'all have a lovely holiday season and a very happy new year and um, join us back after the first of January for um, another season of our podcast so thank you for being with us this year thanks Justin and Rob for joining today and we'll talk to y'all soon.